0: Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline. I'm Matthew Statler and I'm here with Neil Grogan And we are back with Perseverance of the Saints We've been uh, tiptoeing through the tulips We have been following the acronym <laughs> of um, tulip as we're discussing some important doctrines um, that scripture teaches And as we've been looking at these various things, we've looked at total depravity, uh, which is the T in TULIP. We looked at um, the U in TULIP, which is unconditional election. Uh, We looked at the L for limited atonement. And then yesterday or last uh, week, we looked at irresistible grace. And today we're looking at perseverance of the saints. And just like with limited atonement, uh, we kind of want to modify the acronym a little bit. Uh, Neil, <laughs> yeah. what is your preferred uh, way of describing this doctrine?
1: Yeah, and and a lot of times it's just a language thing, you know what I mean? Um, language evolves. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the That's English right. language for sure, right? And so I think maybe a more helpful terminology would be the – preservation of the saints versus the perseverance of the saints. And there's a couple of reasons why I think when we hear the word persevere, oftentimes we look at our own works, (laughs) our own persevering works, right? Like you and I can relate to that when, you know, when you're in the military and you're going through like a, a very hard or difficult school, um, you have to reach down deep inside of you and push yourself and will yourself to completing whatever task or, or thing that needs to get done. And um, that's not really what this doctrine is communicating, is it? Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, today we have refrigerators and
0: we have all sorts of ways of keeping um, vegetables and meat preserved. And um, so we don't think of perseverance the same way that those guys, when they wrote um, wrote kind of the idea behind this and, and they're thinking perseverance in the sense of salt persevering or uh, preserving right. uh, the the meat, et cetera. And so it really is just a language thing where as we move through history, our languages just change um, yeah. uh, things that was, was an understood meaning are no longer um just generally understood. And assumed. so <laughs> assumed, yeah. yeah. And so the loci now is is shifted when we think of perseverance as in ourselves, we are persevering versus there's an external force preserving us as we move through. And so Neil, what what is this um this doctrine entail? What what does it mean? Uh, the perseverance or the uh, preservation of the saints.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, you know, if we kind of build out uh, Tulip again, the doctrines of grace, and we think, as we think about salvation, we understand that we are totally dead in our trespasses. We are dead people walking. We are totally depraved, right? We're depraved wretches. We have a nature of depravity. And so in salvation, that nature has to change, right? And so we believe that God elects um, whom he will save, who he will um, change the nature of, give a new birth to, if you will, right? From John 3. And so he elects a people for himself who will worship and glorify him. And uh, he will see that people through to the end. Uh, he will rescue them and complete that work. And so, when we talk about preservation of the saints, you know, I think about Philippians 1 6, for instance, it says that he that began a good work in you will see it to completion. Um, he will glorify you, he will bring you into his eternal dwelling place with himself, right? And so, man, that's a work of God. So, when we think about. Um, Election—that's a work of God. We think about the particular, or um, what's the term you like? Definite Um, atonement? No particular, particular. You like? Yeah, you like particular atonement, right? That God's blood atones for the sins of this people whom He will save. Um, And then when we talked about irresistible grace last time, we we affirm that the Bible says that. The Holy Spirit regenerates the heart of a person. And so they freely respond in repentance and faith upon Jesus for salvation. Why? Because this inward work has happened. And so now we kind of round the, the bases, if you will. If God has done all of that, then surely he will finish what he set out to accomplish. And you will... See him face to face. There will be no more sin in your life. He will complete that work, totally. He will preserve you to the end. If you, if your faith is genuine, right, or if that salvific work has truly occurred,
0: it reminds me of Israel and the promise of the Promised Land, right? Um, even though that there was an element, uh, the uh, the wilderness generation that rebelled the Lord still yeah. brought the people of Israel into the promised land, um, accomplishing what he had uh, committed to do, which was to bring the Israelites to a land and give them a land flowing with milk and honey. And uh, even as they apostatized, going after idols and following out, um, they would go into exile and then be brought back. And it was just this, this back and forth uh, issue but it was fully dependent yeah. on God uh, to preserve them to the end, to completion. Um, yeah. And I think, in some ways, it's, it's helpful to understand um, the opposite of something. So, when you know when you are looking at what something is, you also want to say what it's not. Um, and so, with perseverance or preservation, uh, it's important to know that it does not mean that everyone who professes faith in Christ. Uh, or is even accepted into the church is um, is guaranteed or secured for eternity uh, and in fact they may even entertain some assurance of salvation right and and we know several passages in scripture which warn against this uh, so so neil what is what is one passage that you you turn to when you um, when someone comes and says well, I've made a profession of faith and I'm, I'm a member of a church, but at the same time, then they apostatize or they depart from the faith.
1: Yeah. Or, um, another way to say that is they, uh, move to a wayward place and live in unrepentant sin, right? They act yeah, as an yeah, unbeliever. Like um, uh, yeah, I think Matthew 7, is I think it's the scariest verse in the Bible <laughs> to yeah, me. Yeah. But Matthew, or, or section of verses, but Matthew 7, starting in verse 21, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, um, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, do miracles in your name? And then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. And so, you know, what Jesus is saying is, man, there are many who will profess belief, but won't have a genuine belief. They'll even do things in my name. Like, man, I, Matt, you know, I've been to pastors' conferences and I think about this, man. Like, I look around the room and I'm, and I, and I ask the question, like, how many are here today who are pastors in churches who Jesus will say, depart from me. And and sometimes I even ask that of myself, you know, I think I think it's a good thing to test our hearts to see if the fruit we bear is is repentant fruit, right? It's in accord of being a believer that the obedience of my faith is a result of an inward work or inward reality, or if it's just me trying to white knuckle faith and copy Jesus, you know? And I think many Christians, Matt, um, think about Christianity as um, simply trying to copy Christ. And, and that's not the case. You know, if Christ yeah. is in us, then we, we, we naturally, we want to, um, exhibit the same kind of fruit that he himself exhibited, right? Uh, fruit yeah, bearing we, with repentance. We love God. Mm. Yeah, um, and and he well, loves he loves us, right? And that's why we love. <laughs> I, I think in that passage that
0: you quoted from Matthew, um, a key phrase is "depart." Um, then I will announce to them, "I never knew you," right. And being known by God, by Christ, uh, has a as a deeper connotation than just knowledge of, um, you know, it really has an intimate sense. And so in some ways, the question really is, do I belong to Christ? Um, is he going to hold me fast if he knows me in a sense of has he regenerated me? Um, yeah. And. And Neil, you know, one of the one of the things that's hard to wrap our heads around is we have um, experience where we see someone who has done big things in the name of Christ. Um, We see outward fruit or apparent outward fruit that seems um, legitimate. Uh, And even in our own lives, I think we've we've experienced highs and lows and a helpful case study of that is Peter. Uh, we see Peter, who always puts his foot in his mouth, um, and he's, you know, he's so committed to God, to Christ. He said, "I am going to go to the, you know, if everybody else departs from you, I will stay and I'll be executed with you." And then, the minute a servant girl challenges him, he, you know, cusses and denies him and completely rejects Jesus in his moment of need. Uh, yet the Lord
1: restores him um, afterward. Yeah, and I would go further and say, man, Peter committed treason. Yeah. Against Gospel his king. treason. Yeah. And you know what's interesting about that text to me is um it to me it's like um there's this compare and contrast between Peter and Judas. Yeah. I think um we we see them we see them both reject and betray Christ, commit treason against Christ. Um, but there's big differences between the two, isn't there, Matt? Yeah, huge difference. Yeah one what what's is, the difference with what is preserved
0: to the end? Um, and he, and he, Jesus even says, "I prayed, you know, the devil uh, asked to sift you, and I prayed for you, essentially." Um, which I think yeah. is is That a, your faith you know, would stand that your faith would stand, um, and ultimately it did. So if you, if you were to take a snapshot of Judas and Peter at the moment of betrayal, it would look exactly identical. I mean, it, it is um, direct rebellion, treason against their Lord. But the end is different. One doesn't repent and dies, kills himself. Uh, the other repents, turns from, you know, is grieved over his sin in a godly sorrow versus a, a worldly sorrow um, and is preserved to the end, <clears throat> which, once again, we go back to this is a work of God, uh, but in order to see the evidence of God's work, it will work in us. Uh, and so that yeah. that also includes um, change, right? Turning from. And so, You know, just to simplify, I think we're going to see um, people who are believers who have trusted in the Lord Jesus as their Savior, and they will for a time um, betray their Lord, live however they want, but before the end, they will return and and be preserved to the end, right? They are chosen of the Lord. um, They belong to him, but for some reason, God has allowed them to live to wander. Yeah. But then at some point brings them back. And so it's really hard to take a snapshot of someone's life and say whether they're saved or not saved. Um, in fact, I don't know if there's really a, a easy way to do that. Um, but that, that then pushes us into the question, well, how do we know, how do we have any assurance of our own salvation?
1: Yeah. You know, I think about, uh, Romans eight one, um, it's a text I go to often, um, when I have doubts, you know, personal doubts or whatever, I'm like, how did I get to this place? (laughs) Like we, we all, we all find ourselves there sometimes, don't we? Um, but you know, Romans eight one says there, um, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the, spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death and that's verse two so i have to ask myself like am i in christ am i in christ how do i know that i'm in christ well one is i believe um i believe i've seen repentance in my life i've seen god not allow me to fall away (laughs) from his grace and to bring me back. I've seen the evidences of his love poured out on me and the work of the Holy Spirit in me, not just in outward action, but in inward um, desire and belief and motivation and will. Um, And man, the Lord has captured my whole heart. And that's a place I go back to and tend to constantly tend to those aspects of my heart with the word of god you know i think about matt first corinthians 15 uh, 1 and 2 and the apostle paul says now i want to make clear for you brothers and sisters the gospel that i preached to you which you received on which you have taken your stand and by which you are being saved if you hold to the message i preached to you unless you believed in vain and I think about this this aspect of holding fast, right? And if you were to go back to Matthew 7, right after that, Depart from me, I, <laughs> workers of iniquity, I never knew you. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it then goes into the, the foundations text, right? Where Jesus talks about a foolish man and a wise man. The foolish man builds a house on the sand. The wise man builds his house on the rock. And the storm comes and great was the fall of the foolish man's home. Um, but the wise man, his house, it stood. Why? Because it was built on the foundation of Christ, the gospel. And um, that's the place where we see or we test what we truly believe, right? And uh, what we're truly clinging to in those moments of desperation, or in those moments of comfort, you know, what am I clinging to? And if your answer is, In Christ, well, friends, there's therefore now no condemnation for you. If it is anything to do with you or something else than Jesus, then man, the promise is there is now condemnation for you. Uh, You are the foolish man or woman building your house on the sand. I
0: think um, in MacArthur's study Bible, he does a character of genuine saving faith from second Corinthians thirteen five, Uh, and he kind of points out what are the fruit or proofs of authentic or true Christianity? Uh, and, and these are just some of the ones he put, he, he put love for God. Uh, do you have a genuine love for God? Uh, is there repentance of sin? Is there genuine humility? Is there devotion to God's glory? Is there continual prayer? selfless love and separation from the world, uh, spiritual growth and obedient living. Uh, and so one of, one of my favorite things to do is to take people through first John um, and and walk them through. Well, this is kind of like the handbook of assurance. John wrote this yeah. so that people could know whether they'd be in the faith. Uh, and so just reading through it will provide you with some uh, help as you take your life and compare it with this text. But, you know, Neil, this doctrine is is quite joy inducing. I mean, we've talked a lot about the negatives, you know, those that <laughs> um, were a part of us, but were never of us, uh, as as 1 John 2.19 talks about. Um, and it's, it's heartbreaking when someone um, departs from the faith or um, appears to apostatize and um, but for me personally, I know that my perseverance or preservation does not depend on myself, uh, and so yeah. I can, even though even though if I sin against the Lord, I know that it's not based on my ability to to stay in the faith. Um, I am not personally responsible. No, that's a bad way to say it. I'm not personally. Um, Forcing myself in union, with keeping myself in union with Christ. Um, in fact, it's really more of me just falling at the foot of Christ and begging for mercy, uh, day by day, minute by minute, rather than any effort on my part to to remain in the faith. Uh, what what does this spark for
1: you? Um, uh, rest. <laughs> yeah. Um, truly. Uh, you know, I think about you, you brought up the promised land earlier, you know, I think in Psalm 107, it reminds me of um, there's various categories given for uh, spiritual waywardness, if you will. And one of those examples that's given in the text is that of, 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 of a wilderness wandering in a wilderness and no place to lay your head in, and, and, just that frustration that comes with it. and the Lord says, when we cry out to him, He will deliver us, He will bring us to a city. He will give us a place to lay our head, a place to rest. He will bring us out of the wilderness, essentially to a home. And uh, man like for me i I delight in that reality because even when I find myself at times in what feels like, uh, just a, a place of wondering uh, or a place where I feel like I don't have direction. Man, the Lord, through his word, through these means of grace, he de- He delivers, right? One of those means of grace is that I can cry out to him, you know, uh, because I'm his and he hears my cries. And so we should resolve to cry out to him as long as we live until we see him, right? Right. <laughs> Um, and he will deliver again. I think about second Corinthians one, Matt, where it talks about, um, God is our great comforter. And, um, at, at, this certain point in the text, I believe it starts in verse eight through 11, you know, Paul, Paul says, you know, when they were in Asia, they became overwhelmed to the point of despairing life itself. <laughs> wow. Like, man, I've been in that place, you know what I mean? Not necessarily in Asia at the time, but <laughs> I have despaired yeah. life itself because of feeling overwhelmed, of feeling despair, uh, to the, to the depths of what despair can reach. And the thing that the apostle Paul reminds, uh, the church in Corinth and the, the people who are with him in Asia is that, man, the Lord has delivered us and he will again deliver us. And so we wait for him to deliver us in the present. (laughs) And so um, there's this past reality, this future hope, and this present embracing of the faith that happens there. And, And then the last kind of thing that it does for me is it reminds me of the goodness of God through the community of believers, the community of faith. Um, Perseverance and preservation is a community event. (laughs) Um, I think about Hebrews 10, Matt, and it tells us that we are together to hold fast to our confession without wavering. Um, and we do that together because in isolation, we waver. But God has saved you into a community to hold fast together. And that's why, like in 1 John 2.19, why, you know, as the Apostle John's talking to these, these folks and the frustration they're feeling about people who are leaving the, the community, right? Yeah. Um, he says they've departed because they were never of us. But when you are truly in Christ, he unites you with a fellowship of believers. And that fellowship helps to preserve one another, helps to hold fast to the faith together. And man, that's just such a beautiful thing. Of uh, it's, And that, that's one of the reasons why I love biblical counseling, Matt, is because you see believers sitting kneecap to kneecap with other believers and helping each other hold fast to the truth of the gospel, hold fast to the hope of Jesus. And man, we can navigate the most difficult circumstances in life together. And that's a gift that God has given us. Yeah. You know,
0: God is, is a God of means. Um, He uses means and methods to accomplish his will. Uh, And one of those means is the, the gathering of the saints, um, your Sunday worship, your uh, one-on-one fellowship, the kneecap to kneecap, um, the private ministry of the word, the public ministry of the word. Um, part of being preserved means that we are not hardening our hearts. Um, in fact, mm-hmm. we're trying to maintain a soft heart. So, you know, this is not to say that there's no effort in this, only that the victory yeah. is not in, in and of ourselves. Um, you know, as, as the proverb says, the, you know, you make the horse ready for battle, but it's the victory belongs to the Lord. Uh, and so we want to use every means possible in order to be preserved at the same time. Um, God is the one who is doing the preserving. And it's it's kind of right. like how sanctification works, but not the same. So don't don't get me get it twisted. But the means that God <laughs> uses, uh, the the means that God uses is um, His Word, the fellowship of the saints, um, and the warning passages in Scripture. I think uh, there's a reason why Hebrews six is is in the Bible, warning about apostasy and about departing from the faith. And um, you know, once you leave, there's no coming back in many ways, right? Uh, and that's not saying that you don't leave the faith in a sense. Um, but what, what is warning against is, um, total apostasy. Uh, and I think those, those warning passages are for a reason, you know, if, if it were possible for you to be completely, uh, out of the, out of union with Christ, uh, there's no way back. There's no hope. Uh, one of the passages, Neil, that, um, I was reminded of this morning in my Bible reading plan, and uh, it's kind of where I, I cast my first anchor of hope, if you will, um, Psalm 95, uh, and I would, I was, when I was, uh, when the Lord was really working in my heart, um, early on in my, um, my, uh, my ministry walk, if you, if you will, calling me to ministry, uh, I would be reading Psalm 95 every day, every morning. And. Verse 8 says, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massah in the wilderness. Uh, and Hebrews picks up that theme uh, as well. But that concept of not hardening my heart. Uh, and so I, I strive to be diligent in, in, in hearing the voice of my master, um, being in the word constantly, memorizing it. Uh, quick to repentance, um, fast to do what is good and right and just, and um, turning away from from my own personal wickedness. Uh, any type of gathering that will encourage me in my faith is, is I want to be there. You know, so uh, Sunday worship is a time for me to uh, be salted, if you will, uh, to be to yeah. be preserved. Um, to get that um, those antibodies that I need against the things of this world, because the world will harden your heart. Uh, the world will seek to cause you to fall away, and that whole parable of Matthew thirteen with the spreading of the seed, and um, you know, there's hard ground that the seed falls in. Um, there's the soft ground, but it's choked out by the cares and worries of the world, and then of course there's the the abundant growth and. So I want to have my heart be as soft as possible to receive the implanted word. Uh, and so mm. once again, we recognize that we make the horse ready for battle, but it's the Lord that gives a victory. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's great. It's a great comfort. Uh, and, you know, Neil, the time of most comfort for me <clears throat> is when I am coming out of sin, where I have maybe made some choices, I have um, maybe even gotten into something that I shouldn't have. Uh, maybe I spoke harshly with my wife, um, and I'm feeling very convicted of the wickedness within me, uh, and the comfort of knowing that he who began a good work in me will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And then, of course, 1 John 1.9, uh, you know, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sin uh, and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Um, it just makes me want to turn as quickly as possible um, from that, the wickedness that's in me uh, and turn to him and say, Lord, make the change, make the change in me. Uh, and so that's the comfort that I yeah. I get from it.
1: Hmm, that's great. Yeah. And I would add, you know, one more element when it comes to the community of faith, Right. And I don't think we think about perseverance of the saints or preservation of the saints necessarily in this light often, but man, church discipline is such a gift from Christ in Matthew 18, as he lays this out, like he's, he's giving us the tools and the resources we need to call one another back to the faith. And in fact, James, uh, at the end of James, he even says, you know, if one of you, calls out to someone who's walking away from the faith and he is saved as a result, like, man, like we should rejoice in that. Right. And I'm paraphrasing that text, but I meant like church discipline is such a gift of God so that we would persevere Um, because friends like at some point in your life, you're going to find yourself encountering a particular circumstance where you are doubting your faith you are rebelling against God uh, you are feeling feeling and I emphasize that word like the Lord is not present <laughs> even though he is um, and it's the community of faith who um, locks arms with you and says repent or this is the truth or um, you can navigate this doubt we can do this together like man th- what a beautiful gift <laughs> and we don't we don't often, think about it in that light because it's painful and the time that we're enduring it, but it, it's That's a gift of God. It, Yeah. It's yeah. There's some shame attached to it, but it's such a gift of God that he would put people in your life uh, to call you back. And again, to give further evidence of the Holy spirit working in you and working in the lives of others so that you would persevere so that you would be preserved <laughs> that you would not depart. And if you do depart, even so, you're, you harden yourself towards the Lord and you harden yourself towards other believers. Man, um, that is a result of that inward work not being true. You believed in vain, is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. You have believed in vain. And so, if that's the space you f- have found yourself in, uh, let me encourage you. God has made very clear to you where your heart truly is, and you're not in the faith. And if you desire to be in the faith, he makes very clear to us what to do next, that we are to believe upon him and repent. And man, clarity that comes from tension is a gift of God. Whether you had grown up in the church and you have departed from the faith that has been imparted to you through the generations that came before you, and now you know where you truly are standing. Uh, man, I want to encourage you. I want to plead with you to believe upon Jesus. Repent of your sins today. Don't wait. Uh, but if you are in the faith and you have believed in Jesus Christ and you have loved him, but today you find yourself in unrepentant sin, the same thing goes. Repent of your sins. Come back to the faith. Unite with the local body who you can do life with and be preserved. Um, And if God, uh, the beauty is, man, if God has begun that work in you, he will complete it. He will complete it because it is his will and nothing can thwart the will of God. (laughs) I mean, um, praise him, right? Uh, For that reality. This is a kind of on
0: topic but off topic and it kind of ends your landing of the plane but this morning (laughs) i was reading uh, second chronicles 18 and we have jehoshaphat and ahab they have an alliance and they were going to go and march uh, against some enemies and they were asking um jehoshaphat basically basically was like hey uh i need a i need get that prophet that will tell us whether we should go to war or not and the other king, uh, I think it was Ahaz, said, "I don't want that one because he always prophesies uh, against me." Basically, <laughs> uh, he doesn't want to hear what the Lord had to say. And so they brought him, in, and and uh, Micaiah basically said, "Yeah, you're going to die. Uh, you're going to be destroyed." And they were like, "Throw him in prison, All right?" And I think sometimes we have friends and church members who confront us with our sin, and we don't want to hear that, and um, so part of the, the persevering is accepting the words of people that we really don't want to hear what they have to say. Cause they, we know it's right. Uh, we know that they're yeah. speaking the word of the Lord to us and, uh, not turning away from them and going the other direction. But man, Neil, mm-hmm. I think that you said it really well. And so for us, that's, that's the, the tulip. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, Send us a message. You can message us on on our Facebook channel, um, The Gospel Lifeline. You can do it on um, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. There's all sorts of ways you can get a hold of us. Uh, but yeah, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Neil, did you have one more thing?
1: Uh, well, next week we're going to do our best to record, just letting you guys know. Matt and I are going to be soaking in the rays out in california uh together which is really cool because we don't get to work together often because we do the same job (laughs) but uh but man we're excited we're gonna we're gonna try to record out there uh for you guys but uh if you don't hear you'll hear from us the following week but thank you for listening subscribe so you can and hit those that notification button so you can get those updated podcasts until next time guys neil and matt we out